first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm. Uh, there is so much to talk about today. Some changes to the NCAA rules, changes that Rick George was very involved in. Uh, there's a, a new mock draft simulator out that includes a top 332 ranking of the best prospects in college football heading into this season. Uh, three buffs make that list, and we'll be talking about those three and maybe a couple of guys who should have been on that list. Uh, all that's coming up, but first I have to tell you about Manscaped. It's an incredible company doing incredible work. Uh, so important to keep yourself uh, clean down there. Make sure you don't have too much uh, hair, whatever. Manscaped will take care of it. If you use the code DNVR20, you can go to manscaped.com and get 20% off your order plus free shipping. They have different products ranging from grooming products to all sorts of different things that you could potentially need to make sure that you're looking your best, smelling your best, feeling your best, whatever. Uh, They have you covered and they make it so easy, especially, like I said, with that code DNVR20 to save 20% and also to get free shipping. There's no time like right now to get in on this great deal. Okay, Uh, let's just jump right in. You know, when we talk about the Buffs basketball program, um, it's it's largely been optimistic since the end of the season. You know, the way that season ended uh, was frustrating, it was disappointing, but it looks like Tyler Bale headed to the draft, but pretty much the rest of the team, outside of, I guess there were a couple seniors, um, will return, and they'll have a good shot to repeat their run uh as as terrible as the end of that season was it is worth remembering that they had uh the sole possession of number one in the pack 12 with just a few weeks left on the schedule uh and they're more than capable of getting back into that position and hopefully taking advantage of that position this time around in 2021 uh but as we've talked about what this basketball team will look like and what to expect from it next season um one of the teams that we've said will be tough to get past for Colorado has been UCLA that's been the top of the list likely the number one seed uh or I guess like the the number one ranked team preseason I would guess in the Pac-12 um but we'll see about that in the future. Uh, you, you know, they only lost one contributor to that team. You'll remember they made that run starting about halfway through Pac-12 play when they went from being a 500 program to pretty much just not losing. Um, they were my pick to win the uh, Pac-12 tournament. Uh, 
and again, they only lose one player, Prince Ali, who played about 18 minutes a game as a guard for UCLA uh, last year, his senior season. That means they have one hole to fill, and uh, they had options. They could have taken Johnny Juzang from Kentucky, a transfer, and and now he will have to slot into that role. Um, But before, they could have slid Dacian Nix into that role. Uh, Dacian was going to be a true freshman next year. He was committed to UCLA out of Las Vegas, a five-star recruit, the number one point guard in the entire country. He was committed to UCLA to pair with Tiger Campbell and the rest of the stuff that they've got built out there. Um, that's not going to happen now, though. Yesterday, the news broke that Dacian will not be playing college basketball at all. Instead, he's going to go with the NBA's G League program, uh, where he will get a $500,000 salary out of high school. Um, Instead of playing college basketball, he'll play his one year with that $500,000 salary, and then he'll go to the NBA draft next summer. Uh, We're seeing more prospects do this. I believe there were two others, two other maybe five stars, four-star, five-stars who took this same route. Uh, But the difference here is that Dacian, obviously number one point guard in the country, and he was already committed to a college team before he changed his mind, uh, puts UCLA in a tough spot. Um, But I think we're going to keep seeing more players take this route. Uh, for a bunch of different reasons. Now, obviously, $500,000, that's a lot more money than you're making in college sports, although there could be some tweaks to that coming too, which we'll get into later. Um, But $500,000, obviously, you get that. Uh, You miss out on the college education. If you're somebody in Dacian Nix's position, you likely aren't planning on staying at college for four years anyway, uh, and so maybe you're not losing as much there. Plus, as part of this program, the NBA will pay for uh, Dacian's uh, education if he decides to go back to school down the road. So he gets basically that scholarship, plus the $500,000 salary, plus he's being trained by coaches whose whose job it is really to coach up these G League players and get them ready to transition to the NBA. You know, most of the players in the G League um, are are quite a bit older than Dacian. They're 22, 23, 24, uh, trying to improve enough to take that jump rather than being 18-year-olds who are just around the corner Um but the development might be that better there than it would be at a UCLA where, you know, Mick Cronin, very good coach. Does he get you more NBA ready than uh, a G League coach who is hired by an NBA team to get NBA prospects ready? I don't know. Uh, but that's interesting uh, on a whole bunch of different levels. That all went down yesterday, and then today, this morning, news broke that the NCAA was changing its name-image-likeness policy, uh, which essentially means that players will now be able to profit off of their name, image, or their likeness. They can appear in ads, they can sell autographs, anything in that vein uh, to make their own money. You know, in in the past, there were some pretty high-profile stories. Uh, You know, there would be student athletes, track athletes, who had their own YouTube pages, and they got in trouble because they monetized them. 
So they, they allowed YouTube to put ads on and they split the ad revenue with YouTube. The NCAA said that's not allowed because you're profiting off of your athletic success. People are only watching your YouTube channel channel because you are a successful athlete and that's not allowed by our rules. That is going to be allowed starting next summer. Um, it was announced this morning. Uh, Rick George was on the name image like this committee, which has been meeting since during the football season. I remember talking to a bunch of the football players, Katie Nixon in particular, about uh, what they thought of the name image likeness rule and the potential change to it. Uh, they were very much in support of a change to it. And they didn't think it's fair. Um you know, the, the common arguments you hear are, uh, you know, what if what if instead of being a football player, Katie Nixon was in the band? And Katie Nixon, let's, let's call him a trumpet player. He was an incredible trumpet player. Uh, some professional musician wanted him to come to the studio to play some trumpet, the background for whatever, and he wanted to pay Katie to do it. Well, if Katie was a band student, all of his professors, everybody, the directors of those bands would be excited about it that's something that they would pitch to to potential students and say guess what kd came through this program while he was still here he was able to make a couple bucks on the side as a musician meanwhile if you're an athlete you're just not allowed to do any of that um you're not even allowed to coach a, a youth sports team if you're taking money to do it because again you're using that athletic base that you've built um that's going to change i think as it probably should um and it makes you wonder for for a guy like Dacian Nix or some of these other basketball players who have decided that they'd rather spend a year in the G League than spend a year in college. If these guys had been able to, I don't know, pick up a sponsorship from a car dealership, uh, you know, go on TV, say, come buy these cars from here. That's what you sh like. Trust me. You like me. So you like these cars, too. Um or maybe instead it's just some smaller deal. And for him, he probably could have gotten a bigger deal. He, he maybe even could have gotten a shoe deal at this point. Um, you know, Nike, Adidas may have come running and said, hey, we can, we can pick up a college athlete. A lot of people are into college sports. We can market to him that way. Plus, if we sign him to a multi-year deal, you know, he's the number one point guard in the country. He's going to the NBA and we can probably sign him for a cheaper rate than if we wait for him to be a top 10 pick in the draft. Now, there's some bust potential. Maybe he doesn't get there, and this is, turns out to be a bad deal. But but those are the conversations that these really big companies, these Nikes and Adidas and Pumas, are, are having about student-athletes. Gatorade. Um, they're going to pick some college athletes. And, and as the rule is written, there is no cap to how much money a student-athlete should make. I think that is the way it should be. You know, a, a lot of people were pushing for, well, you got to say no more than $50,000. Um, and, and there are some reasons that you would do that. But to me, the, the more simple you make these rules, the less likely it is people are going to be breaking them and creating chaos. Just create a system that's simple and that works. And I think that there's a good chance they've just done that. Um, and we'll dig into some more of those ramifications that we'll see down the road later on. But uh, I, I think that it's pretty fair to say that if the NCAA had made this change two years ago, three years ago, maybe there wouldn't be a flood of uh, high school talent deciding that they would just rather go to the G League, start making money uh, instead of spending a year getting an education. The money is more appealing and more useful than the education to them which is something that we've all been saying about college sports for a long time now. And it's good to see the NCAA doing something about it. Um, 
so many things that I want to talk about uh, about this switch. It's just tough to figure out which one to talk about next. Um, let's go with this. So, so there's this uh, belief going around that the NCAA is making this rule because um, Nix decided that he was no longer going to UCLA because he announced yesterday, and so today they decided, okay, we we got to do something. Uh, you know, I'm not in the room for those conversations. Maybe that's what happened. But from all of the information that we have, that seems a bit like a stretch. Uh, you know, I was on the call with Rick George uh, two weeks ago, I think two weeks ago tomorrow, maybe, when he said that this meeting was going to happen, that they were talking about this and that there would probably be some clarity. Um, so... This has been in the works, and it could be that back then, maybe the reason that that he said that two weeks ago is that the day before the phone call with the media, uh, he was alerted by some NCAA official that Knicks had informed UCLA that he was leaving, and that's why they needed to get things together within the next couple weeks. Like, it could be because of that, but this is something, like I said earlier, that's been in the works um, and in the news since football season. And so I think the timing of this just being a day after Nick's announces that he is going to the, uh, the, the G league instead of the uh, NCAA. I think that that's just kind of a coincidence um, because honestly, the most likely conspiracy theory is probably that one I threw out there that the NCAA realized two weeks ago and said that they need to get this figured out. No, uh, Let's see. I mean, it's it's a weird thing. Let's let's talk about the big schools, the buffs, how this impacts the buffs in particular, because uh, I think people could be scared about uh, what this will do to CU athletics. Um, and I think that we are all kind of uncertain of how this will impact college sports, and in particular, the University of Colorado. Um, so let's just dig in there. Uh, who would actually pick up endorsements? Well, if you look back at last year's football team, Visco would have for sure. Visco would probably have some national sponsors. You know, he's he's now signed with Bose. If you guys follow him on Instagram, you've probably seen all of his pictures with the Bose headphones. I, I think there's one that's super staged of him looking at his phone. Um, with I, I think like his mom leaned in looking at him and Vontae on the other side of him le- leaning in. They're sitting on the couch and I think it's supposed to look like he's getting the call, but uh, it looks super staged with the Bose headphones thrown around his neck after and then he tweets with the hashtag Bose. Uh, you know, maybe that Bose deal comes through a year earlier for Visca. Um, you know, I think Katie Nixon is is the type of athlete who this really benefits because, you know, Visca's going to the NFL, make NFL money. He's he's now making $5,200 a day. Um, Davion Taylor's making about $3,000 a day now, which is just so crazy. So happy for him. But uh, that means that the local endorsements that they picked up during college, I mean, they would have helped him out during college for sure, but in the grand scheme of their life, that's kind of uh, potatoes to them. Um, for a guy like Katie Nixon, who uh, is kind of on the fringe, will he go to the NFL? He'll probably get a tryout. I think that if if you were betting, if you had to rank the odds that he gets a uh, 
training camp invite, he gets drafted, or he doesn't spend a day in the NFL. I think you'd say training camp is most likely, and that's about 50-50, whether he gets an invite or whether he gets drafted. I'm yeah, I don't know. That's that's how I see it. But for a guy like him who, you know, if, if he gets invited to training camp and doesn't stick, he's picking up probably 5000 bucks, maybe maybe 10000 but probably not much more than that um, if, if he goes to training camp and doesn't make the actual roster, doesn't make the practice squad. Um, and to somebody like that, whose, whose career very well could be a, a more normal career, not associated with sports, that money means quite a bit more. Um, you could save it, all that stuff, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious too what exactly it's going to look like um, going forward, um, because they really did open the door to all sorts of different possibilities, uh, which I like. You know, now now KD can go make a deal with Pasta J and say, you know what, give me pasta for. I don't know, five nights a week and I will tweet this many tweets or post about on Instagram or uh, I'll, I'll wear a Pasta Jays shirt to the stadium one morning. I don't know, something like that. Or maybe there's money involved too, whatever. Uh, but even these more simple little deals, these ones that aren't even the car dealership deals, you know, Chris from the Blake Street Tavern, he now has a chance to, to trade his food for promotions on social media, which is a great opportunity because it's very low cost for both sides and it's high benefit for both sides. You know, Chris in that scenario, and I haven't talked about this, this is nothing on the record. I don't want to like pull him into it. I probably should have been more broad and not specific, but 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 that's totally something he could do is associate him more closely with the buffs by having buffs talk about his stuff. It just makes sense for the brand that he is trying to build. Um, you know, for us at DNVR, we we make uh, those shirts that you've seen. You know, Phil Lindsay has partnered with us to make a shirt. How many Visca shirts would we have sold last year? A whole lot of shirts. But because we couldn't use his name, image, or likeness, or I guess he couldn't profit off it. I guess he could sign off on letting us make a shirt that uses his face, but he couldn't make money off of it which uh, actually would have been really nice for us because that's a whole lot of money. Uh, but you also remember that that's the point of this whole thing is to stop that exploitativeness that is happening all across college sports um, as kind of what college sports is built off of or was built off of. Uh, now, if, if we could go back in time and change that rule, we could have partnered with Visca for a Visca shirt. Um, we could have sent KD a box of our DNVR shirts and just said, hey, if you post like a couple of these on social media, we'd really appreciate it. Um, or, or even just said like, hey, just as a gift, it'd be good to see you wearing these around. Um, that's now on the table. You know, we, we have JJ Tompkins and Taylor Korniak on the podcast. I, I could have brought them some DNVR swag, but, but that was totally against the rules. It's something that you really had to pay attention to um this this will make life so much easier for uh for student athletes um because before it obviously you couldn't do a whole bunch of the things you're now allowed to do but there were also so many things that were really complicated for example you know if, if, if i wanted to uh 
to take uh, a, a random football player, say like KD. I want to get KD on the podcast, so I say, "Hey, KD, uh, you want to like come out to uh, lunch with me? We'll we'll go to Blake Street Tavern. We'll get some food. Um, I'll buy you food, and uh, we'll record the podcast." That was against the rules. Well, it was it wasn't against the rules because you're allowed 10 free meals that fall into a certain category um, bought by somebody unaffiliated with the program, all these different things um, per year, as long as you fill out the paperwork and you fit all these things. And it's just that kind of stuff where is the hour of paperwork really worth it? Probably. Katie's a hilarious guy. He'd make a great podcast. But now you just don't have to deal with that paperwork, which in that scenario makes my life so much easier. Um, and and there's just so many of those little things where because these rules are so strict, because they they are just a blanket, you cannot profit off of being an athlete that you really do have to dig into all of these little scenarios where can he get free lunch? You know, if, if the school is asking him to do a radio appearance like CU really wants him on the radio um to to talk with KOA or whoever um and then they're recording their show from wherever and and they're serving food there does he have to buy his own food for that because that seems kind of crazy now he doesn't and it's just so much more simple just (sighs) it makes sense to me in that way and it'll make a lot of people's lives easier I think um you know, the compliance department, they don't have to worry about, uh, oh, look, Visca posted about some wings on his story. I don't have to worry about whether that wing place gave him those free wings with a little wink to, to, to put that on a story, which would totally be against the rules. But when you see something like that, it crosses your mind where it come from. You know, the, the shoe scandal with Visca last summer at uh, Pac-12 Media Day. I can't remember what kind of shoes they were, but they were $1,200. And everybody's saying, well, how could he possibly get $1,200 doing what he does? You know, his he doesn't come from a family that seems like it's super wealthy. Like his mom is just bringing in enough money to be buying the whole family $1,200 shoes. Um, and also he's not supposed to be profiting off of football is, is his check his, his that he gets from the school to pay for food or for housing or for whatever. Is he just hoarding whatever is left over from that? And after six months he gets those shoes, you know, you don't have to go through those scenarios and try to justify it anymore because, uh, he's allowed to make money. Because he's super talented and people should be allowed to talent off of the things that uh, they're talented at doing. There are some downsides, though. We're going to get to all those in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our great friends at Breckenridge Brewery and about how much I love that 15-can sampler. It is so good because it lets you try so many different beers. And for me, at this point in my life, you know... I'm not pinching pennies, but at the same time, I'm not spending more money than I have to. And that's what makes the 15 can sampler so nice is that they they give you that bulk pricing at 15 cans, but you get to try five different beers. It's the variety. It's the, the, the mass pricing. It is so good. And obviously just the beers are always good there. It now includes the strawberry sky. That was a big hiccup. Uh, I had some Chipotle for uh, lunch. I actually got free Chipotle for lunch thanks to uh uh rose lavelle which is pretty crazy i'm not sure if you guys watch the u.s women's national team but you should rose lavelle is like 
for my money, the best women's soccer player in the world. And she did like a Q&A thing on Instagram today uh, that was sponsored by Chipotle. And then they gave out like a thousand free burritos at the end. What a morning that was for me. My days have gotten weird. Like, like my day now is just research everything I can about the NIL, about Dacian Knicks, uh, write a thing about Davion Taylor fitting in the NFL, uh, and then just like pay attention to other things that are going on, and then talk about it a whole bunch. Um, there's no new sports happening. You don't get to like break down what you saw or what you heard at practice. Um, we don't need to talk about the coronavirus, though. We need to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, the beers are so good. Seriously, cannot recommend them enough. The farmhouse serves incredible food. They'll deliver. They'll uh, they'll they'll they're open for curbside pickup. Um, it's it's just a great company with great products, and they're all super good values too, which is just as important to me. Um, Plus, if you order a meal from the farmhouse and use the code DNVR, you get five bucks off your meal, which goes quite a ways at Breckenridge. Um, so, so do that. And also check out the beer locator at BreckenridgeBrewery.com so that you can figure out where you can buy yourself a 15-can sampler and try my five favorite beers. I actually... Yeah, I, th- I think those might be my five favorite beers, the five that are in the five-can sampler. It's right up there. Okay. Well, I, I also want to tell you guys about uh, MSU Denver Online. If you're considering um, changing career fields or if you want to get ahead in your current career field, then go to uh, the MSU Denver actually the MSU Denver website uh, and check out their online course offerings because they offer over 750 different online classes. There are 40 different online and hybrid programs that will give you degrees. So if you want to get ahead, if you want to switch, I mean, it's, it's a great value. Um, especially if you are in Denver, if you're working in Colorado, because 80% of MSU Denver alumni are in Denver. That means if you're looking for jobs, you're going to have those connections. Seriously, cannot recommend MSU Denver enough. Go to msudenver.edu slash online to check out all of the different course offerings. Uh, And I think you'll find at least a couple that you're interested in. I know there are a couple that I'm pretty excited to check out. Okay. Uh, Time to wrap up this uh, NIL talk. Um, because I think I've kind of emphasized the the good of it, helping the student athletes, putting them in better situations, offering more opportunities and better opportunities. Uh, because that's kind of what's happening for the first time in forever. There's there's this market for 18 year old basketball uh, talent that isn't just the NCAA. It's not just a monopoly. The G League is making a real push, and that means the NCAA needs to do more to recruit this talent, and uh, it means that these kids get better opportunities, um, which I love. Plus, uh, when you look at uh, the the smaller sports at the at these schools, I think that they'll benefit too um, because those are not athletes who would typically make a lot of money at the next level. But having Taylor Korniak be able to make a couple bucks off of coaching soccer um, or or make appearances at whatever restaurant or bar, whatever, I mean, those are just opportunities that will play better in a local community than they will 
at the next level, I think. Um, you know, Danny Jones, I think she could have made a whole bunch of money off of what she did at CU um, because she did become a bit of a household name. And if you're a clever enough marketer, you can find a way to take advantage of that, uh, especially because at some point these football prices are going to get uh, pretty jacked up. You know, everybody's who's who's looking to get a, a buff to represent them or help them out in ads. I mean, let's just go back to last year because we don't know how this year is going to shake out and who's going to be the most valuable and all that kind of stuff. But obviously the first call every business is making is to LaVisca Chenault. You just know that. And Visca is going to take the first five and then say, okay, I've, I've filled my load. And, and they'll say, well, actually here, let's just, let's just give you 50% more money. And he'll take on a couple more of those when they really uh, up the prices, but he can't take on more than that. Meanwhile, the rest of those companies that are still looking, and some of the ones who already got Visca might be going after KD, might be going after Nate Landman. And you get through all those, and then all of a sudden you realize that uh, when Danny Jones doesn't have a single offer, that means you can get one of the best athletes in CU history to partner with your business, probably for pretty cheap. And that's going to sound a lot better than spending you know, uh, twice as much money on an, an average starter for the buffs. So it'll be, I think there are a lot of ways that these, these, uh, I don't, I don't know, like these, these sponsorships could really shake out and who it'll benefit. Meanwhile, Danny Jones, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of outdoorsy stuff here uh, and she could be talking about the trails or she could be talking about shoes. She could be talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, and because she does have that track world tuned into her, she may have some more national endorsement opportunities too. Um, especially because there aren't a lot of people in cross country who are household names. And sometimes you're at your peak of notoriety while you're in college, especially for these smaller sports. You know, I, I think more people watch Taylor Corniak at Colorado then maybe we'll watch her uh, when she's playing for the Orlando Pride of the highest level of professional women's soccer. I mean, I get now that I say that, I think that's definitely wrong, but it's closer than it would be when you compare the Buffs and Visca to the Jaguars and Visca. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it all shakes out. Well, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, but uh, also... There are downsides, and that's what I was going to spend the last five minutes talking about, but then I thought more upsides. Uh, and those downsides are the competitive balance is what it really comes down to. Um, and and maybe some negative impacts to this, the non-revenue sports, uh, but, but that would surprise me just a little bit more. We'll get into that later on. Uh, but first, how could this make the buffs worse off? Well, that would be if... Uh, Nike decides that they are going to give a whole bunch of money to every student athlete who goes to Oregon because they can just afford that. Um, they're going to load them all up with swag. Uh, they're going to give them all a check every month. Um, you know, USC with its massive donor base, uh, maybe there are just so many businesses uh, owned by USC alums or affiliated with USC alums that all that USC using that financial backing is able to get more money into uh, the players' hands. Uh, that uh, that is kind of scary, but I think that the the committee did say that there 
they're aware of that and they aren't going to let that happen and and you know what worst case scenario it does happen and all of a sudden the top 10 teams in the country are just constantly bringing in the top talent which is already kind of what's happening um and if and if that's the case then you go back and you change the rule and you say you know what this is having problems we're going to have to cap the number of student athletes that one business can be um sponsoring we can uh cap the amount of money that one student athlete can have and you know the, the more of these rules you throw in there uh the the more complicated the whole system gets the more loopholes there will be there the more money or i guess the less money the student athletes probably get in the long run uh which is not ideal but I think I think the NCAA should be doing everything it can to get as much money from companies it is not affiliated with into the student athletes it's supposed to be taking care of. I think that that should very obviously be one of the NCAA's priorities here because nobody that the NCAA is supposed to care about is going to lose any money. If if Nike wants to overexpose itself to Oregon student athletes, the NCAA that sounds kind of weird. The NCAA should be really excited about that and say, you know what, we want as many of our student athletes set up for the best life possible as we can have, and money is a very big part of that. So let's let it happen. Um, you know, I do see that as well. See, this is starting to get into some tangents, so we're gonna focus up again. Uh, okay. Um, so you could see this flood of talent to the schools with the big donors. I don't think that the the difference is going to be that stark. I think there are a lot of people in Boulder who would be willing to uh, spend that money, um, especially because it doesn't have to be that much. You know, I, I think that if, if a student athlete says, oh, if, if I pan out and I wind up making $1,000 a month by going to uh, uh Colorado because I just know that sponsorship will be there. I think that that's going to be quite a bit of money for somebody in in those shoes. Um and I I don't think that a lot of these student athletes could find much more money than that. Um I think that when you look at all of the schools who have football programs, there may be a, a big spread in the amount of money the alumni make or the alumni are willing to donate, um, but I don't think that there's this group of five or ten schools they're just going to dominate. I think that you're going to see it fade out. You know, Harvard, those alumni have a lot of money. Does Harvard now become a football power? I don't know. Maybe. I really doubt it, though. I, I think that all of these effects are kind of overblown. And I think the amount of money that student-athletes will make is overblown. Um, you know, Sabrina Ionescu, she would have made millions of dollars at Oregon if she had signed the right deal um, just because she was that notable. And I think she was another one of these non-revenue sport athletes who is more of a household name in college than she will be in the WNBA. Now, I don't think she's just going to fall off the map, but I think it would be fair to say that she's probably reached her peak in terms of people caring about um, her specifically, people tuning in for her specifically. Um, I think it probably would have been this women's NCAA tournament if it hadn't been canceled that she would have been at the, like, she would have been at the top of the world, um, and that would have been her true peak as... Um, a public figure. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 
infusing money into anything is going to shake things up. It's going to change where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are. I don't think the buffs are particularly like poorly suited for this, but I don't think they're at the very top either. I think they'll be just fine. I don't think the money is going to play as much of a factor as everybody expects. Um, I, with one caveat, I think that knowing that this is going into effect, uh, starting before the 2021 football season, that could sway some recruits. There could be recruits who who right now are saying, "Wow, well, I'm going to be a, or I'm going to want to be a part of that." Uh, and that would happen for the next two classes or so. There would be a little bump to those schools, but then after that, I think is when everybody will realize, "Oh, there's there's five or six student athletes who are actually or no, there's probably like one or two student athletes at, at a power five school who are actually bringing in real money. You know, last year for Colorado, it probably would have been Visca and McKinley Wright or Tyler Bay. Uh, you know, for Oregon, you'd probably say Justin Herbert, um, Sabrina Ionescu. I mean, those the softball team is actually a lot of people follow that softball team. So they might have had one there, and then they probably would have had Peyton Pritchard on the basketball team too. And then maybe like a Troy Dye or C.J. Verdell can sneak in as a football player. But for the most part, it's 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 one or two players who are really going to benefit this or from this at each school. You know, USC. Uh, obviously, you have a star freshman quarterback at USC. That guy's going to get a lot of attention. So there's one. Um, I'm not sure who their second would be. Maybe Michael Pittman. Maybe, I mean, there's probably like some ad that's like all five of their dope receivers. Um, but yeah, uh, for the most part, I don't think this is going to impact anybody as much as they expect. I don't think it's going to impact student athletes as much as they expect um, because most of them won't see much of a difference. I don't think it's going to impact uh, fans as much as they expect because there won't be a uh, too much of a talent change, if, if any, between uh, what's happening now and what's happening a few years down the road once all this sets in. Uh, you know, some people think that if, if boosters are now pulling their money to give straight to uh, the student athletes to sponsor their businesses, then maybe there is something to that and maybe the athletics departments will struggle. But again, I don't think that that will be too big of a difference. Um, from from what's going on now you know if if schools lose five percent of their donations which i think would be a crazy high number because of this you can find ways around it and you remember that there have been generations of college kids who have been told to find ways around not being able to feed themselves or not being able to clothe themselves while they play college sports and it's probably about time to swing things back the other way and, and help out uh, the student athletes. Don't be afraid to err on the side of, well, this is benefiting student athletes more than it's benefiting colleges. I think that that can happen sometimes. Um, one more note, and this is the one that uh, is probably most interesting to a lot of us uh and that's the idea of an ncaa football video game coming back it's probably not going to happen um at least in the near future uh this rule actually doesn't make that all that more likely but it is a step in the right direction obviously um so let's let's jump back into the history of the video game so it stopped in 2014 because of a court case um essentially a player sued the video game and said you're using our likeness 
without compensating us. And, you know, for the same reason, I can't make a video game that's LaVisca Chenault's football and just make LaVisca all of the things because that's Visca. He owns himself. Um, you can't just build every different player in college football and make it okay by not putting their names on them and saying quarterback number 10 instead of Sam Ellinger. Uh, turns out the the court sided with the players. EA had to pay a whole bunch of money to all the players whose likenesses it used and uh, then it died. So now here we are today and this deal would allow EA to pay players to use their likeness um, for whatever reason you could come up with. But the one one of the stipulations with this rule, at least as it was uh, explained today, is that student athletes cannot be paid to be a part of something that will also include the logo or the name of the team that they're playing for. So you couldn't have Visca show up to a photo shoot in a, a Buffs jersey or in a Buffs hoodie even. Um, you, you couldn't have him on a TV commercial saying, go Buffs, because... Uh, again, they aren't supposed to be associating with the university. They're not allowed to use the university for any of this. This is purely them profiting off of themselves um, and now profiting off of themselves as athletes. They cannot profit off of their school um, by saying go buffs or something like that. Um, obviously, if they were in the video game, you would see uh, Chenault in a number two buffs jersey with a big buffs logo on the helmet and the, the commentators would be saying Colorado and Buffaloes. And so, so there was no way that you could separate the player from his school in the video game. But again, a year down the road, two years down the road, could the NCAA decide, you know what? We are willing to change this. We're willing to find a way. You know, if the, if the school agrees, the school proves that you can use that, that then it's fine. Um, and then EAA would have to negotiate with every school and probably pay a bunch of the schools because they'd all be trying to get everything they can out of the deal. Um, and then some schools would have better deals than the others. And so they'd have to come up with some flat rate to pay everybody and it'd probably get high. And again, it's just so many negotiations. Somebody's always unhappy about something. It would take forever. Um, another option is that uh, the NCAA could just say, you know what? We're making an exception for the, for the video game. Uh, we will just allow this to use both, um, but no other cases. Um, the weird thing here is that you know, if the NCAA did that, people would say, you know what, this means that EA is now giving each student athlete 300 bucks, 500 bucks, something like that, um, or a, a copy of the game could be all that it takes. Because most of them, and I asked quite a few when this first started being a topic of conversation again um, this fall, uh, most of them said like, yeah, I'd be more than willing to just be in that game for free. Um you know, and Chev, uh, I talked to Chev about it too. And Chev said, yeah, it was like our favorite thing when, when I was in college. The day the game released, we would go uh, down to buy it. We'd buy a copy, bring it back to one of the apartments, and uh, everybody would look at what their rating was or who got the star, all this stuff. So, again, I don't think it'd be, take a lot of money. It's just the NCAA saying, you know what, we can make it happen. So, in, in some ways, I guess we are closer because that, that makes that loan exception a lot easier for the NCAA to make all these people saying, Oh, well this changes nothing. That's not totally true because 
student athletes are now getting paid and that means that EA could just say, you know what, let's let's do this. We'll pay everybody this. Another problem here is that the players don't have any sort of union. They don't have like a unified voice. And so if, if the NCAA did say, you know what, we'll make that exception, the schools would all be able to say, yeah, this makes sense to us. Um, and, and people on the outside would say, this looks good for the players. They're all getting 300 bucks and a video game that they can play. Um, but there is no voice of the players to say, yes, we agree that this is good. We unanimously, like, we, we've come to that conclusion, you know? And so there is always that doubt in anything the NCAA does because they do just have full power and they are just doing whatever they want. It isn't like the NFL and the NFL Players Association that agrees to all the different rules. You know, whenever a rule changes, the players get a say. Uh, whenever the salary cap changes, the players get some say in how it's distributed. Um, you know, the the drug tests, uh, the, the players can negotiate that kind of stuff as well. College players just don't have that because they don't have any sort of union. They're, they're not unified in any way to come together and have those conversations, uh, which is a holdup, particularly when it comes to a video game, because EA could say, okay, NCAA, we'll give you this much money, distribute it to the players, but there's no way to negotiate with all the players and just say, you have all signed up, you're all this, whatever. Um, there's there's just some hurdles to, to go across still, uh, which is too bad, because I think we'd all really like it, and we I think that it would be great for college football, which is why the NCAA at this point should be pushing for it. I mean, if, if they're letting players profit off themselves, there's no reason they shouldn't be saying, you know what, unless somebody is playing this game, instead of watching college football, this is really good for us. And even then, I mean, you could say that there are some benefits still. Um, most of us would still be... I mean, I would do all of my scouting through that video game, and I would probably be a better better prepared Pac-12 reporter because of it. You know, I, I can watch a bunch of tape of Oregon, but getting in there, seeing the ratings, playing with those players, playing against those players, seeing what the strengths and weaknesses are. And you know what? You, you're definitely banking on whoever developed the game to have done a good job, to have balanced all the players correctly. But, uh, I mean, Madden does a great job of that. Every player feels just like himself in real life. Um, I don't know. More educated fan base seems like a good thing to me. Um, and one that's more fired up about football. It's just one more product to get them ingrained. You know, it's the same thing we do at DNVR. Give you the podcast, give you the stories. Um, we give you the shirts. We're on social media. We just try to get you everywhere we can. We, when you're at the bar, you're at our bar. You know, we just we just want to be a part of your life in every way we can. And so far, to be honest, it's it's worked for us. Um, and, and I think the NCAA should take a really similar approach to that uh, going forward. Um... Before we talk about uh, the Draft Network's top 332, which was a weird number to choose, um, but uh, I read all the names, um, I want to tell you about the World Golf Tour, which is going to be so much fun. We at DNVR are trying to get even more into gaming. We know that it's a super important part of sports at this point. We know that a lot of you are doing some sort of gaming, whether it's just playing games on your phone, whether you're like a big PC zoned in multiple monitor guy and you're like custom building that stuff and like everybody in between. That's why we really like World Golf Tour, because it really fits everybody of all skill levels. You know, if, if you want to uh, spend a lot of time, you'll get better. But you're not just going to feel like an idiot if, if you've spent 20, 30 minutes playing the game. You can at least hold your own. Um, and it's also a game that a lot of us haven't played too much of. I actually did a few years ago. But uh, that kind of starts it with a level playing field. 
so if you guys download WGT World Golf Tour um, on your phone, uh, and to do that, go to dnvrgolf.com, and there will be a link to download it. Uh, and, and I think that also gets you put into our uh, clubhouse, the DNVR clubhouse. You might have to do that separately once you get in. Um, I didn't. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be having different tournaments at Pebble Beach, St. Andrews, Wolf Creek, a whole bunch of really cool courses, Bandon Dunes. Um, and we'll also be having competitions, like, closest to the hole, Um you know, all sorts of fun stuff. There will be prizes. Uh, you guys can play together. We're on that Discord, uh, the DNVR Lounge. There's a specific channel just for the World Golf Tour where people are talking about their games and setting up games with each other. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. We're going to be doing more gaming-type stuff going forward. Um, but this is where we're starting, and I'm pretty pumped. I think it's a great place to start off. Again... Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf today. Okay, before we get out of here, I want to talk about the uh, draft rankings that the Draft Network released. Um, I was actually messing around with a different 2021 mock draft simulator a couple days ago and was curious where uh, some buffs would land. Um, this the, the Draft Network does a great job. If you guys don't follow them during draft season, um, try to remember next year. But uh, my favorite part of what they do is they've put together a great draft simulator they they grade players very well um i thought that they had the most accurate grades of any of the simulators i've used which is why i kept using that one instead of some of the others that have popped up um and uh they just released this morning wednesday morning the uh, 2021 mock draft simulator and there are 332 prospects in the simulator three of them our Colorado Buffaloes. So let's uh, dig into those three. The highest ranked Buffalo was Nate Landman at number 142. So 142 would put you, what, in the fourth round? Um, 144 would also be in the fourth round? Or may, would that be early fifth? That'd be on the... No, those, those would still be fourth round. Uh, and then 295, Katie Nixon. There are 255 picks in the draft. And so he's about 40 spots away from getting drafted, uh, which I think is fair. And I, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast or if I've just been talking to one of you and I said he's right around 300. Um, I felt pretty good to see that from the draft network and maybe feel like I know my stuff. But uh, not here to flex, here to talk about Katie Nixon at 295. And the reason that... Um, I think that's a good spot for him. You know, he, if the draft were to happen today, I don't think he would be drafted. Uh, when, when you're built like he is, you have to have some special qualities. And for him, that would mean elite speed or it would mean elite run after the catch ability, even if that doesn't come from speed. When you look at KD, those are really the areas where he could improve this season. He needs to be more explosive um, if he's going to fit into that playmaker mold that the NFL is kind of allowing players his size to fit into. You know, for the first time ever, if, if you're 5'7", 5'8", there could be a spot for you if you have the right skill set um, in the NFL. Uh, for Katie Nixon, again, that's that means he needs to be more explosive. He has to... Uh, 
have some big plays. He also has to improve that run after the catch. He he needs to be shiftier. He needs to be able to juke past guys. He needs to make guys miss and keep plays going that way, um, which he's done a little of, but not nearly enough. Um, and if he could add a little bit of speed, that would also help. Uh, if he does one or the other of those things, I think he probably does get drafted. Um, he also needs to increase the production um, because... Taking a risk on an undersized receiver who doesn't have the numbers at the collegiate level, that isn't going to happen all that often. Um, and there have been reasons why KD, who is listed 5'8", 185, in case anybody's curious, um, it has had those lower numbers. I mean, there have been a lot of great receivers to come through Colorado. Obviously, Visca was getting more touches than him um, this year. Um, and then before that, there's a whole bunch of guys. So, uh, in terms of the receiving yards, he did put up 825 receiving yards as a sophomore, but only 448 as a junior. His touchdowns uh, cut in half from six to three yards per game from 75 to 44.8. Um, as a runner, he did improve. Uh, he actually had positive yards, which was an improvement. He had four carries for 15. Um, no rushing touchdowns in his career. Uh, and then he was also used as a kick returner. So, th- so that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, he, I guess he, he's returned three punts in his career. I would have thought, I guess he did only return two this year. But uh, KD, again, he, he needs to take advantage of the opportunities this year. He's going to get a lot of touches. I think he is going to line up in the Wildcat. Um, I think he will be the returner this year. Um, and I think he'll also be their best receiver. You've got to get to 800, 900 receiving yards. You've got to you've got to get one return touchdown. I think um, you've got to be a factor as as a, out of the wildcat or even as a running back if they flex him into the backfield. Um, and if and if he does those three things, he's going to be in great shape. And I think he's definitely capable. Again, I mean, there's a reason he had to come back because he has more to prove. Uh, and, and I think he can do that. He just needs to keep working, keep adding more explosiveness to his game. Um, and he'll be he'll be fine. Um, in terms of Mustafa and Nate, I think Nate will go quite a bit higher, um, both right there in the fourth round, uh, if you've forgotten. But uh, I understand why that's where he'd be right now. I just think in year two of this defense, when he has full command of, of everything going on around him, he is really going to shine. Uh, he's going to look more like he did as a sophomore. I, I think I tweeted during that last DNVR watches, which was the Nebraska game from Nate's sophomore year, um, that Nate just played so much faster as a sophomore than he did as a junior. Um, so much faster. And I think that the reason is just because he was forced to think more. He, had, he His job was to think for the entire defense, so nobody else on the field had to think. He told everybody what to do, then they did it. And in theory... At least what he told me uh, back, actually the first day I met him at Pac-12 Media Day, was that he feels like doing that really frees him up. um, Because he can just trust that everybody will do their job because he is the one who told them what to do. So he knows what they're doing. He knows that they're doing what he thinks they should do. Um, And so he knows what's going on around him. When you're just playing downhill as a linebacker, you need to know that, okay, he's not getting around the edge because Davion is crashing that edge. He's going to send him back inside. Even if he gets by me when I crash this hole, he's going to be bottled up right here. I can still make the tackle. 
And when you have that freedom, it, it makes everything a lot easier for you. Last year, I think, I think he didn't pick things up as quickly as he thought he would. Um, I think that the rest of his team um, didn't pick things up nearly as fast as anybody thought they would. And uh, that that meant that his little jobs of, of trying to just tweak things at the last second, say, okay, you're doing this, actually just change this angle a little bit and we'll be in better shape. Or actually, you, you've got the A gap, how about you slide over a bit um, and... and you know all these little things that go on but they just weren't close enough for Nate to bring everything out of him and I don't know that Nate was ready to bring all that stuff out of him uh, this was his first time Rick Amboa had been in charge of all the adjustments and and, and those were even simpler adjustments um, back during Nate's sophomore year um, in that previous defensive scheme before Mel Tucker got here again this will be the exact same defensive scheme this year with Tyson Summers in charge there may be some minor tweaks but for the most part it's going to be a lot like what we saw last year. Uh, and, and that's going to make it a lot easier for everybody to do their job. I think that in the second time through, Nate will be freed up to play better. I, I think he'll look better in coverage just because everything will have just slowed down. There, He just won't be full stress. Not that I was like in his head, but that's kind of what it looked like, is that he was just a little bit too uptight i'm a little bit scared to just fly forward hit a hole and bring a guy down in the, in the backfield but during his sophomore year he was just everywhere and he was using his instincts you know he had the two interceptions neither were great athletic plays where you're saying oh wow look at the range but he knew where the receivers were and he was between the receiver and the ball and so when the quarterback made a bad decision, he was able to take advantage of it. That's all you can really ask of Nate out in coverage. And I think he's more than capable of providing it. And, and once he does show again that he can provide that on top of uh, everything we know he can do in the running game, he does move up into a second round, third round prospect instead of a fourth round prospect in my mind. Again, though, with the rankings coming out right now before um, we've seen him change all the things I think he's going to change this season. I think it's fair. Um, don't forget, he was still first team all Pac-12 ahead of Troy Dye, uh, who I believe was a fourth round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick um, last year. So with one more year, uh, you know, he's in good shape. In terms of Mustafa, I think that this is a good spot for him. Um, I think that he will put up big numbers this year, bigger numbers than last year. But uh, just because of his size, you know, if he isn't the tallest, he isn't the longest, he isn't the heaviest, he isn't the widest. I think that this is probably the range where he is likely to be considered just because he doesn't have those freak physical tools that, that get you bumped up into a day one, even early day two, first half of day two pick. Um, again, if he puts up 15 sacks, 16 sacks, Who's going to say no to that, though? Um, but in the more realistic world where he's putting up 9 or 10 uh, with with the body that he has, you're probably looking at a fourth-round pick, a guy who teams are saying, ah, he may just get pushed around at the NFL level, but if he doesn't, then we have a potential second-round talent, first-round talent here, and that's where that risk really makes a lot of sense is in the fourth round. Um <sighs> I'm not surprised Will Sherman isn't on this list. I'm not surprised. Uh, I was going to say I was, but I'm not because I don't think that people would call him coming out early. You know, he's just so under the radar as a prospect just because he's playing at Colorado where a lot of scouts aren't play paying 
extra attention. Um, he isn't going to be a senior this year, uh, but he does have the build to play left tackle in the NFL, which is rare. You just don't see that size, that length, uh, that combination all that often. And when you see that, you have to take the risk. I mean, you, you saw Arlington Hambright go in the seventh round because he has that guard build. Um, even if he isn't refined enough, even if he still does have to add a little bit of strength. Um, but just because he has the body means that you got to give it a run. I think Will Sherman is that type of prospect, except at left tackle, which means that instead of a seventh round pick, he's a fourth round pick. And if he puts together the season he's capable of, that's where he could really start to move up. Um, again, he has all of the tools. He's a smart guy. He understands the game. Um, and he's fairly well-refined, especially considering he's only going into his junior season. So I'm not surprised that he wasn't included in this top three whatever. But I think at some point this season, um, because the Draft Network will update with guys who could come out early, not just guys who are for sure coming out early, I think at some point this season he gets added to the list. And I think it happens pretty quickly. Um, outside of that, I think the Draft Network did a pretty good job. I think... All three of those guys they included were included where they probably should be. Um, Nate, if if maybe I'm higher on Nate than the national perspective, but uh, I could have seen him being higher on this list. Okay, uh, I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, I will be back, I believe, Friday. I think draft pods tomorrow. If you guys are draft pod listeners, I think tomorrow at 1, Thursday at 1, we're taping the next one, so you should expect that tomorrow night sometime. Um, once it's edited and all that stuff. Um, if you guys have any questions, any thoughts on any of this stuff, hit the comment section in the for the post. For, oh, my goodness. What a sentence. Uh, go to the post for today's show at thednvr.com. Head down, scroll down to the comment section. Leave your thoughts there, whether it's a question, whether it's a uh, take on the NIL thing, whether UCLA is still going to be really good, even without a five-star point guard, whatever you're thinking about, just throw it in there. Um, and we can chat on the next Buffs pod, which will either be tomorrow or Friday. My schedule's getting mixed up in my head. Uh, I'm just going to get out of here. Uh, blast talking to you guys. As always, I will see you later. Bye. Things they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go You know I'm acting bad Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180 Speed and pad, see you later, baby Maybe. Colorado Army, with soldiers like the Navy yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swag and that's the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. We start at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows.
hoes knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a